Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg, where for today's issue and shir, we're going to discuss the concept of Bechir Chavshis, free choice, as it applies to kings, to Melachim. And we're going to address the question of whether or not, or to what extent, do kings have free choice, or to what extent are they able to make their own personal decisions. And this question is obviously relevant to the parashios that we've been reading about um, since the beginning of Sefer Shemos, going all the way up until the parsha of this week, at least at the moment of this recording, Parsha's Beshalach. And perhaps you could argue that ideally I would have made this um, um, this shear in the week of Va'era or Bo, where the Chumash describes how Hashem hardens the heart of Paro, and that's where we confront the real question of, did Hashem take away Paro's free choice? But if you look in Parshas B'Shalach, we actually see a continuation of this, of this phenomenon, where Hashem strengthens the heart of, of Paro. The Pasuk says, Vayichazek Hashem slave Paro. We find that continuing to happen into Parshas B'Shalach as well, as even after all the Makos have occurred, we find that Paro's heart is hardened yet again as Paro pursues the Bnei Israel into the Amsuf, where Chazal tell us that there were even more plagues, hundreds of more plagues there than there were even in Mitzrayim itself. So we have this issue, and this is an issue that we've discussed in the past. If you go back to Parsha Panorama um, in uh, the previous year, we uh, discussed this issue, but we're going to discuss it again because... There is apparently more to this question, not just as it pertains to Paro, but as it pertains to kings in general. And with that, we have a Pasuk in Mishlei, which some Rishonim have actually invoked in reference to Paro. But it's a Pasuk in Mishlei in Parachaf Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, where we have the, pas- um, that the phrase and the principle of Lev Melech Biyad Hashem that the heart of the king is in the hand of Hashem. We're going to quote this Pasuk in full. We'll describe exactly what the Pasuk means and how the Mepharshim understand it and once again address that question of do kings have free choice? Was Paro's free choice taken away? Is there maybe some kind of combination of yes, free choice, but also no free choice? How exactly is it manifest? And we'll describe all of that soon. But I'll first just mention that if you enjoy shiurim like these and all the other shiurim that we have here on the podcast, whether it's the weekly Parsha shiurim, the Muslim Minutes series, or the Chizuk and Tefillah, and that which we do in the Baal Workshop, you want to contribute to the cause, you want to make these shiurim um, continue to thrive. So you can donate to the podcast, you can give a sponsorship, and just reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's the data, then base, B-E-I-S, at gmail.com make a sponsorship and a dedication today. Okay, so let's talk about um, Paro, and then we'll talk about this Pasuk of Lev Melech Biyad Hashem. So, the big question that's asked, at least in reference to Paro, is of course whether or not Paro's free choice was taken away. And this question is actually subject to debate, this issue of whether or not Paro's free choice was taken away, and whether or not it has anything to do with the fact that he was a king, by the way. Because there is a Rambam, and the Rambam appears in Hilchus Tshuva, and the Rambam does describe scenarios under which anyone can actually have his free choice taken. And this, some um, says the Rambam, 
um, is an, uh, just a concept that when a person does an Aveira, so he always has the ability to do tshuva. However, there's a certain point at which the Rambam describes that the door of tshuva is closed, that he's really not able to do tshuva anymore, at which point he's going to just continue to live in sin. He's going to continue to do the wrong thing. And at that point, Hashem closes the door of tshuva. They no longer have the free choice of doing tshuva. And says the Rambam, this is exactly what happened to Paro. Paro pushed the buck just a little bit too far, and he no longer had free choice. And says the Rambam, this can happen to anybody. Um, however, there is a famous Sfarno that we've quoted in the past. The Sfarno says that when the Pasuk describes that Hashem hardened the heart of Paro, when Hashem made Paro's heart heavy, does not mean that... Hashem disabled Paro from from making uh, his own choices, but on the contrary, says the Svarno, and there's a very similar Ramban, um, um, who um, we'll talk about what the Ramban says in a little bit, but the Svarno says that Hashem actually not disabled Paro's free choice, but he enabled Paro's free choice. Because a normal human being, when faced with the with the makos and face the plagues and all the suffering that comes with it, most human beings give up at that point and they give in. And they're not able to, to even make a choice anymore. Um, they, they, are, they are forced they, you know, because their arms are twisted and, they're, and they, 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 are, they are cornered in, they no longer have the wherewithal to choose to do what they, what they want to do, but they're forced to give in. And so by hardening the heart of Paro, Hashem thereby enabled Paro to withstand the Makos and be able to make his own choice. And says the Svarno, Hashem actually brought Paro back to his default. And at his default, Paro was able to make his own choice. And then this comes back to the whole question of why Hashem did things this way. Why, in fact, did Hashem um, keep the buck going? with Paro, at least, if Hashem could have twisted Paro's arm. And the idea is that apparently Hashem, um, you know, Hashem's um, purpose wasn't merely to get acquiescence out of Paro, but Hashem, in a sense, wanted to put on a show. This is, in fact, what the Bechor Shor says explicitly. If you look at the Bechor Shor in Shmos, Vav, Vav, 6-6, the Bechor Shor explains that when Hashem says, I'm, I'm going to harden Paro's heart so that I can do Shvatim Gedolim, I want to do great ju- judgments and great justices and, and create many wonders, the Bechor Shor, he invokes our Pasuk and Mishle. Bechor Shor says, I could, um, says, quoting Hashem, so to speak, Bechor Shor says, that Hashem says, I can easily influence the heart of Paro, make Paro change his mind. Whatever I want to be in Paro's mind, I could put it into Paro's mind and heart to do it. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to uh, apparently interfere with Paro's free choice, which, again, the Pasuk and Mishle, Lev Melech Biyad Hashem, says Hashem could apparently um, tamper with the free will of a king. But, says Hashem, I'm not going to do it because I prefer to, to keep my wonders going. I prefer to put on the show and perform the wonders. And you can fill in the blanks as to why that might be. Something which we've also spoken about in Parsha Panorama, that the Egyptians and all of Klai Israel should learn who Hashem is through Hashem's wonders, and so on and so forth. But that's the Svarna, that's the Bechor Shor, against the Rambam. The Rambam assumes that free choice was taken away. What you get from the Bechor Shor is that Paro's free choice, um, it's not clear that his free choice was taken away, but maybe Lev Melech B'yad Hashem says that that could happen, uh, but that's not necessarily 
how things happened here. But again, even the Rambam is not invoking the Pasuk in Mishlei, Leif Melech Be'ad Hashem. He's just assuming, B'derech Klal, Hashem could do this to anyone. Hashem could take away someone's free choice. And when it came to Paro, that's exactly what happened, because Paro had committed such a veros. This um, comes back to all the other question of how is it fair that Hashem punishes Paro if, after all, Hashem hardened Paro's heart. So according to the Rambam, it's not really a question anymore because Paro had done a certain amount of Averis, and then at a certain point, Hashem um, took away Shuvah. That was part of the punishment. And the Ramban has a whole different approach. The Ramban says that, yeah, Hashem did harden Paro's heart. And the Ramban, by the way, is going to invoke our Pasuk of Lev Melech Biyad Hashem. We'll get to it soon. Uh, but the, Ram, the Ramban says a couple of things. He says, first of all, so, actually, first you can go back to the Rambam. The Rambam gives another answer to this question. The Rambam in Hilchus Shuva says that even though Hashem said that the B'nai Shah were going to be in Galus, Hashem didn't choose um, which individual nation was going to enslave them and which king was going to do it. And Paro raised the hand, his hand and said, hey, I'm going to do it. And the, the Ramban, I think who might also mention that point, the Ramban focuses on the fact that at the beginning Hashem didn't harden Paro's heart. Really, ha- Paro, for the first few makos, hardened his own heart. And then Hashem only came in for the kill later and hardened his heart. And at that point, the Ramban, similar to the Rambam actually, once the Ramban uh, said, once the Paro committed his own averos, then at a certain point Hashem took away his free choice and says, um, and says the Ramban, right at that point, um, he, he said, Later, by the later Makos, I'm going to do this. Why? Um, uh, so that I can perform my, my, my wonders. Right? I'm going to harden Paro's heart and I'm going to increase my, my, my signs. As if to say, In order that I can do more wonders, that's why I'm hardening his heart. And at the very end, the Ramban quotes our Pasuk, like streams of water, the heart of the king is in the hand of Hashem, and here's where you find the rest of the Pasuk, which says, wherever he wishes, so he directs it to turn. Right? Hashem makes it lean wherever Hashem wants it to lean. So just like the, the streams go in the direction that Hashem pushes it, so similarly, the heart of a king goes wherever Hashem pushes it. And it sounds like, again, it sounds like Hashem intervenes in the will of a king. And if you look at Art Scroll, very interestingly, Art Scroll um, tries to give a svara, and we're going to see this svara quoted in um, in some of the Mepharshim on Mishlei. But the Art Scroll on Mishlei says, because a king's choices affect so many people, God may intervene to direct them as a farmer might direct the flow of a stream to irrigate his fields. So this is uh, the art scroll Tanakh, the, the green Tanakh, which um, is the stone edition Tanakh. But there, art scroll kind of helps us out a little bit and kind of softens the extent to which Hashem tampers with free will. It says Hashem could tamper with free will, and sometimes he does because it affects a lot of people. So we're going to see this quoted in the Mepharshim in just a minute. But that's the Pusik in full. But as, as I mentioned, 
Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll come back to it. This continues into Parshas B'Shalach, where Paro's heart is hardened again. This is going to be important in a second. So just um, hold on while we look at the Mepharshim on the Pasuk and Mishlei. Once again, Lev, Malachim, uh, Lev Melech Biad Hashem. The heart of a king is in the hand of Hashem. The Ramban just quoted the Pasuk. The Bechor Shor quoted the Pasuk earlier. Um, the the Bechor Shor says that Hashem B'davka did not use this on Paro. That at no point, it seems, from according to the Bechor Shor, at no point did Hashem actually... Uh, tamper with Paro's free will using this Pasuk of Lev Melech B'yad Hashem. Um, but on the contrary, Hashem used wonders, did not tell Paro's heart what to do. So maybe the Bechor Shar understands the hardening of Paro's heart later as being similar to the Svarno, that Hashem merely gave Paro the wherewithal to continue making his own choices. Um, but the Ramban um, argues that no, when Hashem hardens Paro's heart, that in fact was a manifestation of Lev Melech Biyad Hashem, that Hashem was in fact tampering with Paro's heart. And apparently that's how the Ramban understands a little bit um, how, um, what Lev Melech Biyad Hashem is. But there are other Mepharshim. So if you look in Mishlei, you look at the, the Ibn Ezra. The Ibn Ezra says on the words, Al So what does that mean? Hashem Yatet Lev HaMelech. Says the Ibn Ezra, Pashapshat, Hashem is Yata, Hashem turns, Hashem makes lean the heart of the king, Levamelech. Meaning, the Hashem, it sounds like, influences the decision of a king. Or decision, or he influences the heart of a king. That a king will do, you know, a king will lean in a direction because Hashem told him to lean in that direction. Now, that sounds like an interference of free will. And maybe Ein Hachinami, when it comes to kings, Hashem will do that. And why? For the reason that we explained earlier. And well, um, and so um, where did Art Scroll get that idea from? So I'm going to argue that he got it from the Malbim and the Ralbag. Uh, because um, if, you, if you look at the Malbim, um, um, the Malbim says a similar idea. Malbim says that Hashem does interfere with the Lev Melech, or with the Bechir of the Melech, because of the Klali impact, right? Just like Art Scroll said. Because of how many people it affects, right? When a king makes a decision, it's much different than when you and I make a decision. Because... When a king signs a document, that, that has implications for how it's going to affect so many different people. And because of that, um, it, it makes a difference, a bigger, a much bigger difference on, on a national scale, on an international scale, what, what decision a king makes. So because of that, Hashem does not just allow the heart of a king to do whatever it wants because of that impact, but because of Hashkacha Klalis, you could say, um, Hashem does intervene in what the king wants because of how it's going to affect all those so many people. So, and so that's what the Malbim says. And yet, in, indeed, it is an interference with free choice, but it's necessary. And that's, and that's once again how they understand it. Um, the Ralbag, however, has a, has a, has a, a qualifier, a caveat. And that is that yes, Hashem will will um, influence a king's zone, but he'll never push that king to sin. And this would explain how we can punish Paro. Right? How can Paro be punished? Because even if Hashem influences the decision, but the point, the breaking point at which the person commits the sin, that Hashem will never push him to do. That, that at the end of the day, is going to go according to the Bechir Chavshis. And you could think of this as, yeah, Hashem gave us the eight Sahara. 
right? And some people have different strengths. Some people's Yetzirah are stronger. Some people have different kinds of tendencies. Some people have different kinds of Yetzirah. And because of that, one person might be more inclined to do the Avera. And Hashem gave the person that Yetzirah. Is it Hashem's fault? Well, at the end of the day, yes, Hashem gave you a Yetzirah, but you have to fight it. Right? This is something that, uh, an idea, I don't remember if we spoke about this um, in the Yomim Noroyim um, series, um, um, in the in Baltzvila workshop or in Machser Manager, but in Kihene Kachomer, we say, you can't just use your Yetzirah as an excuse for everything because at the end of the day, Hashem gave you free choice. So, yeah, the Yetzirah might be weighing down more the reasons why you should do the Avera, and sometimes um, those are there's a greater impact to that. But at the end of the day, we all have free choice. Even the kings have free choice, says the Rabag. So, yes, there's an extent to which Hashem influences the free choice and tampers with it. But when, at, the, at the point of committing the actual Avera, you always have the choice to turn around and say, okay, I'm not going to do it. I was pushed this far. I have this much of a Yetzer that I really want to do it. Or, you know, my, 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 it could be my Nekuda Sabachira is at a certain place. But um, it, it stops at the point where a person will actually commit the Avera. At that point, Hashem lets go and, and says, you can either choose to do it or you can choose to fight it. Hashem will push you at a certain, you know, amount of, a, a certain amount of closeness and proximity to the Avera, but the actual Avera itself, he's not going to push you. That's what the Ralbag says. Um, so just something to think about how that connects to um, our Bechira in general and how we think about our relationship to the Avera. Um, but that's, uh, that's the Ra'al-Bag. I'll just go back and just mention that the Malbim points out that when, uh, um, that when Hashem impacts the Bechira of a king because of the Klali impact of what the king chooses, the, 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 they, uh, they also just point out that Hashem will only influence the initial leaning. Hashem will not take away the Bechira completely from a king, um, but he is going to influence the initial leaning which a king has in his heart, what he's going to do. So uh, um, so where does the king get his original idea of something that he might be doing? Hashem plants that into his heart, and then Hashem will let the Bechira go. So there are different nuances of how these Mepharshim are clearly, um, you know, um, or I should say there are clearly different nuances of how the Mepharshim are understanding this principle and Pasuk of Lev Melch B'yad Hashem. And with that we go to the Al-Sheikh. The Al-Sheikh says similarly to the Malbim and the Rabag, but he, um, he adds another couple of points. He says that if a king has two equal leanings, right, the king is, you know, there's a complete balance, right, um, um, the king doesn't know, um, is he going to pick this or that thing? You know, he has two options in front of him, and he just can't decide, they're both, you know, all, all else is equal. So says the Alshech, when all else is equal, then Hashem will push the king in a certain direction. Um, the Alshech then points out more broadly how um, the influence of the king, how the decisions of a king relate to us. Says the Ma'al Sheikh that there is going to be no one who is going to be subject to any effort or treatment, anything that any decision that a king makes, or really anybody else, whether it's positive or negative, if it isn't Ratzon Hashem. Meaning that at the end of the day, the king doesn't determine your fate, but Hashem determines your fate. And this is something that, that emerges from a Rabbeinu Yonah in Pirkei Avos, in Perak Bey's Mishnah Gimel, where the Rebbeinu Yonah also invokes our Pasuk of Lev Malach B'yad Hashem. What does the Rebbeinu Yonah say? What is the Mishnah talking about? So if you look at the Mishnah, the Mishnah talks about your relationship to the government. 
Right, have us here in Bereshis. Don't you know? Be very wary of the government. They're not going to be makar of anyone. They're not going to make a person close except for their own selfish gains. And near and Kovin b'shas hanosan, at the time that it, that it benefits them, they're going to appear like they love you. They actually don't stand for the person b'shas dachako at the time that the person really needs it. The, per, um, the, the, the government's not going to be there for you. So says Rabbeinu Yonah, and I'm just to, to summarize what he says at length. Rabbeinu Yonah explains that a person should never make a decision that he's going to try to flatter and kiss up to the government and do something that's against the Ratzon Hashem in favor of the government. Because they think that somehow they're going to get the government on their side, the, the, the you know the political rulers or whoever they may be, uh, a, a person thinks he's going to he's going to get ahead by doing that. At the end of the day, lev melch Hashem. and apparently the the Rebbeinu is extending this to um, to the politicians and the government officials, and says says the Rebbeinu you think that you're going to get ahead by going against Ratzon Hashem by trying to befriend the government or have the government befriend you, it's a big, big mistake. Because, um, you know, at the, at the snap of Hashem's fingers, so the, the government will turn on you. And so it's never, ever going to benefit you to go against Ratzon Hashem in favor of the government because love melch be'ad Hashem. Um, so, uh, you know, so it, there, there, there is no gain. But that's the Rebbeinu Yonah. Okay? So now going a little bit further with this concept. Um, um, interestingly, um, as it is, I wanted to bring it back to Parshas B'Shalach, where um, the Chumash describes um, Paro's pursuit of the Bnei Yisrael, where yet Hashem's um, uh, um, hand seems to be influencing Paro. Um, but going back to uh, this principle of Lev Melch Hashem, which, again, we we found um, different different um, explanations. Is it that? Um, Hashem does cause leanings in the heart of a king, like the Bechor Shor says, and like the, Ram, the Ramban seems to say in, in different in different versions of it, that either Hashem can just completely, the Bechor Shor seems to say that Hashem can just completely influence what a, what a king is going to do. Um, the Ramban seems to say that, you know, when it comes to the hardening of Paro's heart, if you understand the hardening of Paro's heart, that at a certain point, Paro was no longer able to make a decision, okay, fine. Um, so that might be another version of Lev Melech B'yad Hashem, or never, um, a different explanation. Or, like the Mabim and the Rabag and a little bit of the Al-Sheikh, the idea that, yeah, there's a cloudy impact, and so Hashem will influence the leaning. The question of, will he make him sin? Okay, he won't make him sin. Um, how much of the king's influence does Hashem influence? So maybe just the initial leaning. Or, like the Al-Sheikh says, maybe if there are two equal leanings, Hashem will just push him a little bit to one side. So... We see there there are different like limited versions of what it might mean that Hashem influences and turns the heart of a king. Um, you know, going from the extreme of the Bukhar Shor and the Ibn Ezra, that Hashem will just push it completely in a direction. Maybe, or maybe there's an extent to which Hashem um, gives um, free reign, um, no pun intended, to a king and to a king's heart. But when it comes to Parshas B'Shalach, um, when you find that the um, interestingly, that, Hash- that Paro sends forth the Bnei Israel, and then all of a sudden, at a certain point, he regrets it. So at the point that he regrets it, interestingly enough, it's not immediate that we find that Hashem influences Paro's heart. But um, it, it, what's interesting is that um, Hashem warns Moshe, V'chizakti, a slave Paro. He says, I'm going to harden Paro's heart. V'rodav he's going to chase after you. 
and so on and so forth. And uh, just to skip a little bit, it says, V'yodim Mitzrayim Kenya Hashem. But then, when it happens that, V'yugad Lamelech Mitzrayim Ki Am, when it's told to the king of Mitzrayim, i.e. to Paro, that the people start running away, so the Pasuk says, V'yehafeich Levav Paro Vavadav, the heart of Paro and his servants flips, unclear if that's Hashem doing it, or it's just happening by themselves. But we can assume maybe right now that it's happening by itself, and you know why? Because if you keep reading, what does the pasuk, what do the pesukim say? So, so, read along with me if you want. I'm on Perak Yodalid and Shmos pasuk. Um, hey, we're in the middle of the pasuk. So, Vayehafech lavav parava avadav el ha'am. Their hearts are flipped towards the people. Vayomru mazos asinu kishalach nasisra meavdenu. What have we done that we sent them away? Pasuk vav vayasar serchbo. He he. He um, harnesses his, char- his uh, chariot, the SMO, and his people, Akachimo, he takes them with him. He takes all the other kinds of, he takes the soldiers. Skipping a little bit, Pasikhes, Vaychazik Hashem, Slave Paro. This, um, my, my, uh, my dear Chaver Yasis Shapiro, um, um, a very good friend of mine, he um, made this observation to me. Um, and it's one that, I, that I've noticed in the past, but he reminded me that. It says that Paro harnesses his chariot and says what he says before the Pasuk tells us that Hashem hardens the heart of Paro. It says, So after um, Paro harnesses his chariot and, and, and calls over, summons all of his soldiers, then Hashem hardens Paro's heart and Paro makes the pursuit. What would have been lost if Hashem didn't harden the Paro's heart? So it sounds like maybe... Paro would have had a second, a second uh, choice. Second, uh, second, he would have second guessed it. That maybe he would have, um, he he would have um, made a double check and said maybe I shouldn't do this. But once Paro had made his decision, Hashem pushed him in the direction of his decision, hardened it so that he couldn't get out of it. Right, and this could be how we understand the Rambam. Right. Like when we in the Ramban as well. Earlier we were wondering how can it be that Hashem takes away the free choice of a person, and we said from the Rambam that yeah Hashem does that, and the Rambam says it. But how? What is what exactly does it mean that Hashem takes away the free choice? Does it mean that Hashem will start telling the king what to do in his heart, or tell a person what to do? So it could be the Ibn Ezra the Bechor Shor seem to say that that Hashem couldn't just jump into the brain and the heart of, of a king and make him do things. But, what you could say, you don't even have to go that far, you could say that Hashem doesn't give you the choice to change your mind, to change your decision. Whatever your decision is, Hashem is going to lock you into it. According to the Rambam, a person is set in his ways of sin, so Hashem says, okay, fine, that, that, that's okay, and you have no choice but to do it. And then Hashem is going to continue to push you to sin. All right, or um, or you know, maybe, and maybe you can have this other. You, know, you can relate this to the, the, the discussion of Habal Atari Messiah, so a person who wants to do the right thing, Hashem is going to help him, and um, so that the, the, if a person wants to do bad, Hashem doesn't hold him back from doing bad. Hashem will lead him on that path, and there you could say that um, that, that that's a more broad principle. That a person has the free choice, and sometimes even even the uh, pathway cleared to do an avera. But 
the extent to which the Rambam, the Rambam is describing is that Hashem will lock you into your negative decision and your negative way of living. And according to the Rambam, the, 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 the idea might be the same. That once Paro had done what he, you know, once Paro made his decisions, Hashem kept him from changing his mind. Now, that's clearly not how the Sfarno understood it, but just to, just so you can understand, it seems to be the Pashib shot, at least in Bishalach, that Paro made a decision and Hashem strengthened his decision. And every time you can go back, every time it says, Vechazek Hashem slave Paro, that could be what it meant. When you're, when you're Mechazek something, you're not, um, right, when you give someone Chizok, right? You're not completely changing their mind. You're, you're not taking someone in a different direction of what they were thinking. But when, um, it, it could be sometimes when you give someone chizik who doesn't have it. Maybe you, that could be what that means. But Pashtus, you're adding strength to whatever the person's heart is. So if Paro's heart is, I don't want to let them go, the chizik to that is, okay, that is being reinforced. That's what chizik is. It's, it's a strengthening. It's a reinforcing of something that was already there. And in this case... That seems to be the Pashib Shah, once again. That Parah made a decision, and Hashem reinforced the decision so that Parah wouldn't go back on it. And that can be um, how at least it applied to Paro. Though, we see that there's so many different possibilities of what Lev Melech Biat Hashem means, that it can go so much further, or it can go so much less. But, what I would say is, a great test to really try to understand further how we understand this principle of Lev Melch Hashem would be to look at the other examples of kings in history. Right? For example, if you look at Malachim Aleph, Yud Beis, um, Tezvav, where the, the Navi describes Rechavim, who was the son of Shlomo HaMelech, where Rechavim made his own mistakes, and Rechavim was talking to two different groups of, of advisors. Some were his friends, and some were just regular advisors. He wanted to know if he should continue taxing the B'nai Israel or if he should lay off on the taxes. And he, um, ultimately, he made a decision to continue taxing them, and that's what drew, that, that's what pushed them away and drew them towards Yeravam when the Gemalchus-based David split, and many of the B'nai Israel went after Yeravam ben Nevat, who was a huge, huge Russia. But uh, one of the things they were trying to escape was the taxes. And... Um, the Navi is very explicit. The, the Navi says it explicitly. I don't have the Lashon of the Pasuk in front of me, but if you want to see it in Melach uh, Malaf, Yud Beis Tesvav, the Navi says that Rechavim, um, his, his choice to ignore the Zakanim that told him to lay off on the taxes was influenced by the Gezerah that Hashem had already said that, 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 um, that the Malchus was going to be taken away from, uh, from Shlomo HaMelech uh, for, for Shlomo HaMelech's own of Eros. So, because of that, because, uh, beca- uh, because of that, there was a Gezerah, and the Navi says, because of this Gezerah, Rechavim didn't listen to the Zikanim. So very, very explicit. And there, there, there are other times where you find in Navi where there seems to be such a, such a principle. Um, and then you can look at other kings, like Avi Melech and his capturing of, uh, or his kidnapping of, of, of Sarah Imenu, um, you could think about Avi Melech and the other Avi Melech and his relationship to Davin Melech. How about Achashverosh? Achashverosh makes a whole bunch of decisions. How many of those decisions are influenced by Hashem? There seems to be a lot of political um, um, interplay and political tactics by uh, by Esther and Mordechai. And it could be they were working with the general Heshtadlis, but at the end of the day, Mordechai knew that things were going to be okay at the end of the day because Hashem is in charge. Maybe Mordechai was thinking of Lev Melech Hashem, that whatever, um, how, you know, however Hashem wants 
Achashverosh to be influenced, that's the direction it's going to go in. So Mordechai figured, you know, maybe, you know, uh, it's, um, you know, if we can do whatever, um, whether the king is going to do whatever Hashem wants the king to do, we have to do our part and not do Averos and only do Mitzvos. So that would explain Mordechai's actions. But this, you know, this keeps on, this can keep on going. Look at the whole list of Malachi Yehuda and Malachi Yisrael Malachim, many of whom may um, committed a lot of Averos, did the wrong thing. Think about how their decisions might have been influenced by Lev Melch B'yad Hashem. How about the decisions made by Shol HaMelech and David HaMelech? So the, the, this, this, this principle of Lev Melch B'yad Hashem is something that you can, you, know, you can keep on digging deeper and looking at every single king and think about to what extent Hashem influenced their decisions. Um, was it only their personal decisions that were influenced or maybe only their national slash international decisions that were that um, you know that, that, that were made but at the end of the day we, we, you know we fall back on that Rabbeinu Yonah that whatever's going to happen to a person an individual um, it's um, it's always going to be based on Ratzon Hashem and um, you know so whatever you think you can gain politically by uh, by uh, by getting close to a king or getting close to the government, once again we see that because of Lev Melch B'yad Hashem, there there is never a safe bet that's against the Ratzon Hashem. We learn that from Paro. We can learn that from life. And what that tells us is that the only proper path to go on is the path of Ratzon Hashem and the path of the Torah. And with that said, I guess that takes us through the end. So in the meantime, um, you know you can keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah. Thank you for joining us here at Real Talk Torah. Thank you for joining us here at the database.